Welcome in to a, another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. We come to you in the offseason officially. I think there's a little bit of relief on all of our parts that the Blackhawks season is over. I should probably tell you who I am first, though. I'm uh, Dave Melton. I'm set manager here on Twitter at DML57. Uh, but yeah, we're going to we can talk about the Blackhawks 2022-2023 season in the past tense, finally. And I'm kind of excited about it. Just uh, more, maybe not excited. Probably more relieved is a better word for it. Uh, but we've got, I've got three line mates with me. We've got a slight rotation change tonight, but we're going to talk some hockey anyway. Uh, maybe a little nostalgia, maybe a little looking ahead, maybe a little bit of everything. Uh, so up first, they're the analytics darling of Second City Hockey on Twitter at Jehovah's Witness. It's Shepard Price. It's weird being the analytics starling of Second City Hockey when, uh, in fact, I am no longer of Second City Hockey. But also, uh, well, you're Second City Hockey adjacent. I, yes, I, in, in the words of Peter Rosenberg, I'm a Jace. Um, I uh, the the Blackhawks season may be over, but the hockey season isn't. And as of, as the official Golden Knights fan of, of Second City Hockey adjacent, uh, let's go. Well, let's I'm go. Not. Actually, good. Let's go. Actually, good team. The only I may I mainly just uh, wish your team long health and uh, no one that if if there is an ultimate end to the season before the cup, it's not because Mark Stone gets hurt again. <laughs> Look, everybody kept talking about the fact that like Colorado kept being good despite all the injuries. Nobody talked about the fact that the Golden Knights did the exact same thing and won the West with like had, Shea the like Shea Theodore who played like Norris hockey for fifty games. It was, was in our, for thirty. It was in our like playoff preview thing i had no idea they were the one seed in the west like if they seeded it one through eight but yep i had no idea completely yep, they won the west didn't know that happened so uh congratulations uh, uh have fun so much and uh enjoy enjoy the ride because i'm sure it'll be it'll be equally awful and excellent all at the same time because that's how these playoff things seem to work also with us this evening on twitter at mill 182 and he is the second city hockey what laren graf is the clementine it's mill savage you know, I just want to tell Shay that I'm glad that their Golden Knights are wearing the abrasive gold jerseys um, as the resident jersey nerd because I think Vegas should own that color. Um, it's in their team name. Like, they're the Golden correct. Knights, so you might as correct. well lean into it. While I don't love the gold helmets, same with the Kings chrome helmets, I'm not into those shiny helmets. Um, I, I think the gold works for them. It's it's their own thing, and I'm very like into that. Not not a fan. I'm just indifferent. But I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I just I I I wish their gold the gold on their jerseys was slightly different or sweaters, whatever. Well, so, on so, uniforms because it's on their socks too. It's just it's like it's, it's almost, flaky. It's it's a gold flake instead of a Vegas gold like the Penguins used to wear. Yeah, Vegas gold I, is where it's at. I think we had, I might have had this saying. discussion before. I, I'm I'm a team Vegas gold all day. But I will, I, and I, I shout out Panthers, but, um, right. Griffith Panthers. Yes, exactly. Yeah, sorry. God, I had to, that was, that was deep in the archives, but I, I, I had to shout that out because I, as a Jersey collector, I was in Canada the day the Adidas jerseys dropped, not for that reason, for something else. So I got the gray Vegas home Jersey of the day it came out in 2017 mm. and I was just like, you know, this is cool. It's nice. But I'm like, gold is kind of their thing. 
So it's it's cool to see them rock that in the playoffs. And and anybody listening to this who reads the site, I did comment on a few teams' uh, jersey choices for the playoffs. So that's I, that's. Uh, I would, and we expect nothing less. That that's well, exactly well, what. I just want to throw this out there. NHL only lets you have one home and one away, not like the NBA. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that's whatever. I'm mean, also proud of the Oilers for going eighties. Yeah, th- exactly. Uh, also with us this evening, uh, Betsy is not here because she had some other uh, obligations. So we don't have the second city hockey Bullen wall of text, but we have the Jeff Hackett wall of text. <laughs> it's Eric Eggenheimer. So that one's going to stick for a minute. At I, least. No, no, I, I don't want to, but it's a really good one for in the meantime. I'll take it. Um, That's I'm the waiting. Best nickname ever. <laughs> I'm waiting to announce my bandwagon affiliation until I see who wins the first three games of the Stanley cup final. And then I'll decide which team I'm rooting for. Hell yeah. <laughs> you, will you pick the one who won two of the three or will you pick the one that lost two of the three? Yes. I will. I will pick the team that has three wins right before the, the last game. There you go. I just want I want to throw this out. If Eric's Jeff Hackett, can I be Boris Miranov? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go all ahead. Right. Have all the Sounds donuts good. you want. Hell um, yeah. I, what, <laughs> what what position in the band? Because I imagine we're talking about bands. Are we? Talking? No, no, no. Boris Miranov no. is a former Blackhawks defenseman. He was from defenseman. Many, for a very bad one from many many moons ago. He's like the epitome of early two thousands shitty Hawks defenseman. Mm-hmm. Oh, then we know which defenseman I am because I'm named after him. That's right, Dougie Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, if it's go. early 2000s Hawks, we'll have to we'll have to find the uh, closest to Shea. Yeah, uh, Brian Berard would be your offensive. No, defenseman. I'm not getting injured by Marion Hosa. <laughs> yeah, you're not not going to get your eye knocked out of socket. By... Oh, no, God, especially, not, especially, especially not by my favorite Hawks. As, as long as you're not Jason. Uh, sorry, I was going to say suck a more, call a more. You're in the clear. Yeah. Okay. Um. What? Oh yeah. I was going to say with the uh with Eric's uh, Stanley Cup bandwagon leaping. Like I, I I'm trying not to do that this year. I'm just trying to be more neutral and just watch and observe. Uh, I I feel like New Jersey might be the most intriguing one because they seem like the most fun. But they uh just got their asses kicked by the Rangers tonight. So uh, I so, so yeah, no bandwagon for me. I'm just going to watch. And and observe and uh, just be glad that I'm uh, none of these games involve the Blackhawks anymore. Although real quick, I don't know how many games the rest of you have watched so far, and and maybe this is just a confirmation bias on my part because of being a Blackhawks fan and someone who writes about the team. There's an alarming number of ex Blackhawks uh, so far that are playing in these games. I don't know if this is like I I. I I don't know if anyone's counted this up. I don't even know how you do it, but it just seems like there's a lot of ex Blackhawks playing in the playoffs. I right just, <laughs> I think it's like when you get a, you get a new car and then you notice how yes. many people have the same car as you. And I think we've talked about that before because there is a scientific term for that. And I don't remember what it is, but yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's all it is. Or maybe it's just because the Blackhawks have traded away so many players, but it's like some of the players are like in good, uh, or good players are in roles where they fit and they are excelling in those roles. Uh, also, uh, Jake McCabe uh, looked like he almost, uh, I thought he was going to take a five minute penalty. I think they knocked it down to two, but he, uh, he did not have the ideal start in Toronto tonight. Of course, no one in uh, on the Maple Leafs did. No, Hagel was looking good though. I watched the first hey. period. And he was all over the place and being annoying like usual. Well, that's, that's what 
clue this in my mind because Hagel had the puck at the corner. McKay ran him into the boards and the broadcaster goes, there's two more former Blackhawks. I'm like two more, but Tyler Mott's out there. Um, Toronto's also got Sam Lafferty. So it's like just all these, all these they still have, Laff- uh, Lafferty Ozark. and Camp are on the same line. Yeah. Oh, David Camp, Camp too. Yeah. Yeah. Camp, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the Spider-Man meme on a line. Exactly. I uh, I just want to get a really good photo op of Kane and Panarin celebrating together so I can Photoshop them behind Artem Anisimov as a ranger doing the shooting the glove celly. <laughs> yes, yes. What what are the better episodes of 24-7 that I remember? Or was uh, <laughs> It was the shit-eating grin on somebody's face when they walked into the locker room and looked right at Anisimov after he'd been uh, sent to the locker room early for starting a fight. Well, um, if you're eating shit and grinning, it's probably not your day anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, hey, uh, as as, uh, as first reported at SecondCityHockey.com, the Blackhawks season is over and uh, a drink goes up in celebration of all of that. Uh, but I, I think what I want to do with this episode before we get too far down any other roads about the future and anything else is to kind of acknowledge that uh, a, a pretty significant era of Blackhawks hockey is officially over now with uh, Kane getting traded a month ago and Jonathan Taves, the announcement that he is not going to be back with the team next season and whether or not he's playing again at all. Uh, something I guess we'll find out down the road. Um, we have obviously, whenever the, uh, whenever the moments have come up, we've talked a lot about the off ice stuff that is hanging over this team's era and forever will. And, uh, there's other times where we can talk about that down the road. Not really going to get into that as much right now tonight, because I think it's just more, I feel very, I felt very nostalgic the last week or so since this all ended, just kind of looking back at everything of the last 15 years or so. And, uh, Eric and I were at the game, uh, last Thursday night. So I've written a lot of stuff that's been up at the website. So if you want to read my thoughts or hear my thoughts, you can see them there. I just wanted to swing it over to Eric first and just get your thoughts on a being there for the end of Taves's career and any thoughts since then on the big picture. Well, yeah, I mean, I would, I would say, um, it was like a, a bummer for a multitude of reasons. It was nice to be there for it. And it got weirdly kind of emotional. I think, you know, for, for just about everybody in the building at the end, especially, you know, they started showing the tribute video and that mm-hmm. was really cool of the flyers to stay on the ice and kind of watch it and, you know, salute yeah. him too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was weirdly the, the only thing that I can remind that it kind of reminds me of is, um, and growing up, you know, being a Cubs fan is kind of like Kerry Wood how mm. it was just I, suddenly the moment is there and that's it. And it's time to go. And I mean, I think uh, all of us during the crosstown classic, I remember this vividly. He, he struck out two or three white Sox and then walked into the dugout and said, all right, I'm done. It was very well, sudden. As you said, yeah, they announced it that morning and he mm-hmm. came out, he struck out one batter okay. and then he was leaving and his son ran out of the dugout and like that's attacked right. him. And, and so that was, yeah, that that's a big, that'll get you every time. Um, but I, I'm really glad that we were able to be there. Jonathan Taves is my favorite Blackhawks player of all time. Um, I, we were p- talking about and planning on going regardless just cause it was the kind of the final game of the season. Um, and then they made the announcement, you know, right before. So I'm glad that we were able to go and, I'm glad that we also bought tickets before they went insane. Um, <laughs> right. But it was great to be there. But then there's also kind of a sense, 
for me, like I feel bummed for anybody else who wanted to be able to do that and wasn't able to do that. And also it just kind of felt, I don't want to say disrespectful, but it would have been nicer if they kind of gave it more runway so that he had a little bit more time. And I don't know, maybe he didn't want that or maybe they didn't want that. Maybe they felt like it was better this way just to kind of rip the bandaid off and you mm. know, do it as quickly as possible. But I feel like there could have been a little bit more pomp and circumstance. There could have been more opportunities for people, you know, to come for those last couple games since he came back to be able to see him, you know, if they wanted the chance to be able to see him and kind of salute him and say goodbye. But it was, you know, it was, it was a bittersweet moment. Um, if he would have scored that goal in overtime, I mean, it, <laughs> just the fact that he got yeah. the chance, but if he would have scored that goal in overtime, I mean, the, that would have been the loudest it's been. And I mean, I don't know, maybe since the Stanley cup against the lightning. Yeah. Um, I, there was, I felt like there was like a, maybe a little bit of kind of a buzz in the building early on. And like during the pregame and stuff, you could feel a little bit of energy. Like when they announced Taves in the player introductions, there was a very loud ovation that cont- uh, extended well into the start of the Anthem. And then uh, Philly scored two goals in the first five minutes and kind of put a blanket on the whole thing. And it never really recovered. Cause it was a quick reminder of, Oh yeah, that's right. This team still sucks. Um, but I, I would say maybe it recovered a little bit, especially during his goal. True. Um, but although it happened so fast, I think it kind of took everyone a second to mm. be like, Oh, Oh wait, Tate scored. Um, but you know, you, you, and you had kind of said it in the post that you wrote about him, which was really good in that it's kind of, it, it stinks too to see it wasted kind of, for someone who's had such big moments for this team and meant so much of this team to see it kind of go out with this team this way, that's really disappointing too. Mill, what about you? Cause I know you were watching at home. Well, I have very mixed feelings about this. Had Jonathan Taves been offered a contract and said, no, thank you. And I don't want to be traded. I know that the trade deadline was weird because he was sick, but I probably would have forked out money to go to that game. However, the way that the organization handled it, I was pretty disappointed with them. And I'm not saying they should have offered him a contract, but it feels like he had no say in anything. And I'm with Eric. Like he's in my top Hawks ever, you know, Mm-hmm. So, to, for me, I'm I'm happy that he had admiration from the fans that were in the building, and he scored a goal, and I was very I was very happy about that. Also, kind of not super important, but kind of cool that it was against the team that they won their first cup against that he won the contest yeah. against. Yeah, the, there was there was the uh, con- or symbolism or something. I don't I don't know what the word is for it, but yeah, well, you know, and and and, and that was kind of. Just, I don't know, nice touch. But whether he plays again or not, because I don't, we don't know. This is just my two senses. I, I'm very grateful for Jonathan Taves and everything he's done. I know he's had a lot of injuries. And to be perfectly honest, I think there are a lot of people who don't appreciate how complete of a player he was, especially, you know, earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. But it, it felt kind of sad to me because it didn't feel like, okay, he's 40 and he stayed with the same team and this is it. It was like, Hey, like, 
you know, I know he's had his injuries and his sicknesses and whatever, but it, it kind of just felt like, well, hey, we're done with this, and uh, we traded Kane. Everyone else is gone, so good luck. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was a uh, a a very stark reminder of just the uh, how cruel professional sports can be. Just because uh, you know the the Raymond Borg exit is the ultimate exception to the rule, like sure. an, ex- an excessively low number or percentage of players get that cathartic end that's everybody leaves with a smile on their face i mean you know like i i like did any i don't think it's like the the way that Taves' career ended in chicago is probably the best among all of them among like all the quote core guys well like, every, everybody else either ended up uh on injured reserve out of town or uh an impromptu retirement yeah. or playing for another team he got a last game, and I respect yeah. that, especially at home. But, but I, this is my final, just my two cents, you know. And this, my my feeling about this really started with the Crawford situation. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. And this is a different front office too. But but um, I just feel like if you look at what he brought to this organization and city, um, monetary value, emotional value, historical value. For them to not even offer a contract, even if you said no, to not offer a contract to me is a slap in the face. Yeah, that's I mean, that's I think that's the uh, the harsh, the harsh side of the game that we're all uh, staring in the face right now. Shay, what about you? Yeah, at least you uh, got a last game to remember your guy by. I don't remember the last game Marion Hosa played for the Chicago Blackhawks because it wasn't announced. Was it the just, uh? What, what did it, it was seven Nashville, right? yeah, yeah. Nashville. So it had been game four against the Predators. Ugh. Yeah, at least at least this is a positive memory. Mine was like Hosa played okay in that series, but he was like the only guy besides Crawford. Yeah, like ugh. um, and again, yeah, Corey so Crawford. Had, was, I, I love Hosa, but he did have that giveaway in the game they should have won. Our, yeah, and then Corey, and then Crawford was my other guy, and he wasn't announced. Yeah. Um, with so. You. Look, uh, we'll talk about the legacy and the impact that that the stuff over the last two years has had on Taves at a later date. But he's one of the he's he's inarguably the most successful captain in the history of the Chicago Blackhawks franchise. Um, But he led them to the most cup victories. Um, He's going he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He is. He's one of the best defensive centers of his generation. Um, I mean, he's not Bergeron, but nobody is. Um, he's he's how, right there. How with dare Kopitar. you? How dare you? He's right <laughs> no, there on the, no. with Kopitar in the A yeah. tier. Like the guy was special in in both directions, um, and he never scored as many points. But that was never like his role. And I I, I would have loved to have seen him under like a more offensive head coach uh, because <laughs> every because we kind of realized that Joel Quinville was defensive structured, but. Yeah. yeah, I it's just I, you know, I I think the back half of Taze's career, uh, like the late 2010s, when his numbers started to dip and, uh, you know, the, the gap between his production and his salary cap hit was widening every year. And every, it, it's I think there was a lot of people wanting to pile on the Hawks anyway, because they were the the top team in the league before all the other stuff came out. So and Taze became like the poster child for all that piling on. I, I, there was a significant 
undervalued or just misremembering how dominant he was in the first half of the 2010s. Like he was uh, just, just on just a force. And his lines with, uh, with Hosa and Sharp or Hosa and Saad, like whenever that group was on the ice, like put whoever you want out there. It didn't matter. They were, the ice, yeah. yeah, they were going to tilt the ice. You could start. Doesn't um, matter what zone it started on, who they're playing against. And, they're going to have the puck and they're going to have it more often than their opponents. And, and that is and a Dave, incredible thing. I look forward to writing about this very soon, but a couple things I just want to throw out there for those who remember the avalanche goal, the hard yeah. hat night, the hard head night was a big one to hat trick mm-hmm. and the called off hat trick, I should say. And then, and then re and then scored and again yep. later. Yeah. Yep. And then exactly. And then, uh, a later one, but the, uh, even though they lost in overtime, the, uh, two goals to tie it against the ducks in Anaheim, the big fuck you energy game. Yeah. In 2015. Well, I mean, come on. Like that, that was legendary. Yeah. I think the main thing that, uh, when they showed the video tribute to Taves, uh, I can't remember if it was, I think it was late third period or after the, or it was after the game. They had like a quick, like three or four minute video and it was just watching all these goals. And I, I just feel like I could remember every goal they showed. I remembered where I was when I saw that goal happen, whether it was inside the building at a buddy's house, at a bar on the road and at, at wherever it was, it was like watching like, not like not only are you watching a guy's career highlights video, but you're also like watching your own life unfold in front of your eyes as well because you remember where you were at at various stages in life by what whose house you were at for that game and the so fucking I, blues game five yeah you know to win the game was so, that on there i hope it was yeah yeah so i think i think that was that was like a small part of the equation too for me it was like um i I'm a year older. I was born the year before Taves and Kane were. So now that Jonathan Taves is about, could potentially be retired from the NHL. It's like, holy shit. I'm definitely not 17 anymore <laughs> and far, far removed from it. Uh, I, I think that was one of the other parts of the whole thing. It was just like, it's been, he's been on the team for 16 years and, and now, and 16 years are gone. All of a sudden. <laughs> I have, I have four Jonathan Taves jerseys hanging in my closet. I think my brother has twelve. Like that's like okay. the, he's he's the guy, you know. This this yeah he no that's like he's the guy like he's his they'll have a statue outside for him probably Kane too and his numbers going straight into the rafters. No one's gonna wear nineteen again in Chicago. Like I would imagine they're gonna get the the Makita and Hall treatment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can you know in the next in twenty thirty years you'll probably. You might have somebody asking you what it was like to watch Jonathan Taves play hockey, and you'll be able to answer because you saw the whole thing. The best Taves thing I just throw out there real quick, if we have a minute. Of course. In uh, 2010, towards the end of the year, I was at a Hawks-Blues game. I think it was like the second or third game before the playoffs started. Uh, Paul Carrillo was on the Blues, if that tells you anything. Jesus. And uh, Taves like lost his stick in transition, and TJ Oshie kicked it away from him. And Taves just went after him and took the penalty because he was like, fuck you. And then everybody on the ice, like Ben Eager came on the ice to fight Oshie because he's like, that's our fucking captain. And the guy was 22 years old. And uh, And, TJ Oshie was his college teammate, too. Yeah, I know. There's that picture of them doing a beer bond. (laughs) He probably was just like fucking with them, as you do with your friends. But it's just like, you know. 
it, it was, it, I have those weird memories of like just that kind of shit well, in per- seeing I think, it in person. I think the biggest thing uh, of Taves and Kane that like I'm trying to remember going forward is like trying to remember what it was like in 07 when they showed up and like within like, I remember reading, uh, I think it was like on the Blackhawks old message boards at their official website that there were <laughs> there were people who went to see prospect camp that year and Taves and Kane were both there. And there was just this little hint of like, like something's happening here. Like, the, like these guys are like, this is more than the usual. And within like two weeks of the regular season starting and then playing, it was just immediate like, oh, oh, shit's about to change here. And like going forward, like I can I, I hope there's another Taves and Kane arrival coming with this team because uh, it was it was an immediate sign that you knew things were about to uh, improve for the better. Uh, I don't think we've quite gotten that yet out of any of the prospects. Also, they don't have a number one and a number three pick that have shown up together yet either. So, um, I will say I have the uh, Kane the season ticket holder giveaway was the uh, a statue of him holding the Calder Trophy. And all I could think about is if Taves didn't get hurt, he was in that conversation too that year. Yeah. That's could, crazy. Yeah. Have two Any, guys who could have won the call there. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often at all. What what a time to be alive. Kind of. Well, I don't know. Any other, uh, any other, Eric or Shade? Do you have any other thoughts about uh, just kind of, kind of the the end of the chapter? I guess it was, it was a it's, long chapter, but it, it's, it's just it's crazy. And I mean, um, thinking about it, and I thought about it a couple times, especially you know with Kane going first, like really from the time they entered the league, who are their contemporaries? And to me, you can really only say Ovechkin and Crosby. And mm-hmm. for the well, amount of success, Crosby and Malkin. Crosby and Malkin, yeah. yeah. And you could say you could probably put Backstrom in there with Ovechkin too. But I mean, to me, for the cups, the, the types of player, the superstar level, all those guys are still on their teams and they're going to retire on those teams. That's just kind of how crazy this has become. And I mean, I think part of the reason why is what's happened the last two years, which obviously, you know, um, is very different than whatever's gone on with those other teams. But that's. Yeah, it's it, that's it's such, you know, to come out of nowhere a year or two ago, there's no way any of us could have ever fathomed something like this would happen. And then now here we are and it's it's already done. It's gone. Yeah, it's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Crosby, uh, Crosby, Malkin and Latang missed the playoffs this year, but they were still together trying. Uh, Kopitar and Dowdy are still playing in L.A. Um, it's, Dowdy uh, sucks, though. Yeah. Well, fair, but he's still he's still the checks are still cashing i hear so good for him um no but no in all seriousness um i i think we've talked about this maybe eric before you were on the pod but you probably heard it like we kind of figured kane might go one day but taves it didn't feel like it would end like that yeah and i i think I don't, I, I don't want to get into like us speculating on whether or not he's going to retire or whatnot, because I, I don't know. It's all just what our gut feelings are based off what we've been watching. But um, like to like what you said, Mill, like there it did. It always felt like Kane might end up somewhere else because he could still produce. Uh, right. I, late, I, late in his career. Right. Yeah. Like honestly, like when when Taves went out a couple months ago. Like I thought that was it. It really it started to feel like, and it's not entirely. I think Eric, you and I might have talked about this at the game, like that Taves may have came back just enough 
just to get this last run of games in Chicago. Like that was all he, cause like the last game, I remember we were looking up at the, at the jumbotron and had like Jujar Kara had more ice time than him, Joey Anderson and his but, last game ever, but he may not have been able to physically handle more than that. But I do want to say there are teams who want him and fan bases who want him. Oh, I, I'm sure Edmund, there are. Edmonton is Edmonton's fan base. Like the, the hardcore ones really want him as their three C because then they're McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, Taves down the middle and have dry side on a wing. Yeah, like they're but, very adamant about it. I mean, I I'm good for them, but and good for Taves. What, what money? Still, well, that's that's part of it. Well, yeah, but what is he going to cost though? Yeah, he'll be in the league minimum zone now. And, like, and uh, yeah, he's gonna he'll get like the Joe Thornton in Toronto thing, just you know, a million bucks, whatever. But it's it's combination of whether or not his body can hold up for an 82 game season and then the playoffs as well. I mean, maybe you sign him and, and then he plays three and then you LTIR him till March. Like, I don't know, but um, it's, you know, he like, he's obviously had a uh, health complicated health issues with this long COVID stuff. And he's also 35 years old or about to be 35. Um, he's, he's in his mid thirties and anybody else who's in their mid thirties knows you do not quite have the legs that you did when you were in your mid twenties. So, um, and if you add the COVID stuff on top of it, it's a, you know, that's a tough t- uh, deal to turn. Yeah. And Taves has had the back issues even since his early twenties. Um, he still fought through it. He didn't lose a board battle until fuck like 2017, <laughs> 18. Yeah. <laughs> like seriously. Yeah. But, but I get what you're saying, Dave. I'm just throwing that out there because, it shows you that there are teams that are fan bases and the fans are the harsh ones who find value in this guy. I mean, yeah, G- GMs are idiots. They'll find anybody. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, uh, and, and then just the, just the last point, like, um, you know, like when we, like there's plenty of athletes I I've grown up watching retired, but there's something different about the Taves and Kane era. And that, like, I vividly remember them being drafted and arriving and then watch mm-hmm. their entire career. And now it's over. And like the first player I had this happen with was Brian Erlacher. Like I remember him being drafted. I watched his whole, he was drafted when I was probably like middle school ish, maybe a little younger. And I watched his whole career and got to the end and, and saw him retire. And it's just, it's a weird, like it's, it's part of growing up for every sports head, but it's just weird that I'm here at this part of my life now that like, Oh shit. Right. Like, I was a teenager when they got drafted and now they're, you know, now they're retiring. But Dave, Dave, I get it. Cause I had that with Ben, but the thing is like, yeah. this was such a fucking, like, what are the odds that they get the, the two guys that they did together? You know, obviously Kane was the year after, but they came up together <laughs> and then they go on that run. And yeah. I'm sorry. I'm talking so much on this podcast. It's just <laughs> being around for the whole thing. I'm very fired up about it. Well, the, the odds, the odds that everything worked out as well as it did are, are incredibly slim. And like probably why we ate shit at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well that's, this, that's Stan Bowman's fault. I'll, I'll say forever. But I mean, this is everything. Eric, you are you, correct in your analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, sir. This is everything you want as a fan of a team. Like you want there's this, I'm going to say probably, or it won't be for quite some time. I don't, I, this was probably the best era in the history of the Blackhawks and it probably might be forever. 
like yeah. oh nine to oh nine to like sixteen seventeen yes yeah I, I yeah. saw I saw tons of people in the late late twenty tens or early twenty twenties like the the sentiments of man like we might have already lived through the best era of Blackhawks hockey we're gonna get in our lifetimes which is kind of a bummer to realize but that's that's just how good it was like that doesn't happen especially well, in salary cap era well and even just look at the teams in the playoffs now look at like. I mean, some of the players that are amassed together, I mean, like Matthews and Marner and Nylander, like all coming up together at the same time, and they haven't won anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the fucking Rangers with now they have Tarasenko, Panarin, Kane, Zubinijad, like. Yeah. And uh, Toronto gave up a touchdown and the extra point tonight, by the way. So yeah, I know the Rangers, looking good, not looking good for them. I was talking more about guys who kind of came in, who were drafted, who were developed, who, got, yeah. and even, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl. And up until last year, they hadn't done anything in the playoffs sure. either. And for them, you know, Taves and Kane to come in, and you have to give credit to the team that was around them too. And kind of everybody at that same age, they were like a gang, you know? And <laughs> yeah. if one of them didn't get you, then someone else would. Well, and if it wasn't them. Point that it took the Avs a while too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they had to they had to have a really terrible season and get Kale McCarr because because those guys to round out the came roster in together and we were all like oh they're going to be great and then they had that shit year the the Patrick Wah year plus they well they had the door off and they blew that game to the stars but whatever yeah but yeah I but think even that yeah I mean they went through they had O'Reilly and Deshane and that was kind of their wave and then they had to pivot and get rid of them and kind of retool too like it's it's not None of this stuff is guaranteed. And I think the fact that it was our team and that we lived through it, like it's, it's pretty incredible the way that it happened and the way that it played out. And that's just not something you can replicate or, you know, you can go do no matter how many draft picks you get. Like we were really lucky to get that the way that we did. And, uh, in that vein, we're gonna, we're going to take a look at, uh, what, what's coming down the road and the attempt to try and make that all happen again uh, right after we take a quick break. So come on back for all of that. Far side out to center ice, and here comes Taves. John Taves moving in. What a move! Oh, my goodness! Oh, man! Oh, man! Wow! Hey, I don't care if you're an Avalanche fan. That was one of those great scores that you'll see all... You know, Michael, it's just one. This is just... I mean, we talked about it before the game, but this is the kind of talent, Mike, that can bring a franchise back. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network, uh, which, by the way, now is exclusively our network. We own the Second City Hockey name uh, with all the site transition stuff. So uh, that doesn't really mean anything's going to change. I just thought that was a cool thing that uh, if you're listening to this now, all of your support and everything comes directly to all of us instead of some weird asshole in a corporate office in California or D.C. somewhere. So uh, thanks for listening. yeah, I don't care. So somewhere that's not anywhere near here, uh, where some asshole sent me an email that I've never heard of, and he fired me via email. But anyway, um, what we're going to talk about? Oh, Blackhawks hockey. That's right, kind of. So, um, so we that break in the middle is the kind of the perfect dividing point of the two topics we wanted to get to today. The first half was just kind of looking back and nostalgia and all that, and now we're kind of looking ahead to whatever's coming next in the, in the, the land of the Blackhawks. And uh, at the end of the season where they were trying to be as bad as they could possibly be, they ended up number three, 
from the bottom. So they got, I believe it's an 11 and a half percent chance at the number one overall pick, which isn't great. Um, but that's, that's where we are right now. So before, uh, before we get too far down this road, I can't remember Shay. I thought you said you had something you wanted to add about the draft lottery thing or something. So just, just go ahead and we'll, we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, you know how the Blackhawks uh, supposedly tanked this year? Oh, um, wait, oh, hang on, hang on. How? What do you mean supposedly? They scored from the bottom, and both of the teams that they that they are above uh, weren't actually trying to tank this season. Because, well, so the Blackhawks lost to two teams that weren't tanking, so either this is the worst tank of all time, or the Blackhawks weren't tanking. I mean... Shay, did you see the rosters in the last I did, of the season? But they were good enough to beat Pittsburgh for reasons. And you can't cite this 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 season and the especially the end of this season for the Chicago Blackhawks. You can never say that coaches and players don't tank oh, because yeah. they're going to force the Blackhawks to tank again. Because guess what? If the Blackhawks end up with fifth in this draft, they have to tank again. Because well, their fifth, fifth, fifth here is just not good enough. There's a good, there's a great top four. Fifth doesn't matter. There's no good fifth pick. We're gonna have a semantical debate about what exactly that word means later in the summer. Because I don't think it's humanly possible for the Hawks to tank anymore. Uh, but we're gonna get, we're gonna well, come they, back. They got, they have to lose. They have to get like an actually good player because they now have okay. very little odds at, at Connor Bedard because they just had to beat Pittsburgh. There's there's more than there's more than just Connor Bedard. There's also Adam Fantilli. Like I'm I'm so trying probably not, not going to get him either. I, I'm a, I know I know the odds aren't great. My my entire argument was that this is why the, I never liked this plan from the get go. Was that it's because okay here's the is, thing if the if the te- if if they had done what they were supposed to do this season and come else, dead last then you have then you, then the worst Shay, you can do is is Matt Bamishkov. You cannot just snap your fingers and say you're the worst team in the NHL. It doesn't work like that. It's hard to be the worst team in the NHL. Columbus had to have like set an NHL record for man games lost in an NHL season to get there. Like we, yeah, we, and, and, and we, you're, you're right. We, I watched the same team you did. I watched the same rosters. The Blackhawks should have been able to do it. How you can't like they, unless you're going to go like Tanya Harding kneecaps in the locker room. Like what do oh, you want I them to do? Trade, <laughs> trade Andre, uh, uh, trade the uh, FMCU at the deadline. You designed that guy. That guy does was Optimus a huge That much of a yes, difference. Yes, really? in the in the in the, in the games on. down the stretch that the Blackhawks won. Yes, he did. Yeah, when you're talking about everything came down to a point or two, you can make that argument. Uh, you can also make I, you can make this Staylock argument, but I actually I know the scapegoat for why it's all Dave's fault. Dave, what was your <laughs> Dave? What was your record at games this year? Uh I, I believe it was three zero and one. Was they beat. Not? They beat Ottawa. They beat and no. They didn't. They lose to the Ducks. Can I say something? February. Dave was yeah. at the Boston game. They won. I was at. Dave I was, was at the, at Bo- the, the Boston game. game. That they won. Yeah, that was my mom's birthday present. What do you want from me? Uh, in two thousand five, two thousand six, I went to like ten in a row that they lost. Well, you should. So it's Mills' fault. Mills didn't go to enough games. 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 Listen, although, if you went, although, if you if went to like, a game in 2005 and 2006, of course they lost that game. No, that's what I'm although, saying. Is like, we don't ahead. need more support for the for the homophobic Chicago Blackhawks. Let's just say that, though. But I, I just, I don't, I, I really like. 
you know, I've, my my stance on taking is well known. I've planted that flag. I wave it frequently, especially this season. But it is, I I it is really hard to be the worst team in any league. It's extremely like you, even if you Not try. Not Chelsea. And, uh, I, we don't want to talk about soccer mill because my soccer team is the worst team in the league. They, you know what, Dave? You and I are in the same fucking boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, we're not, Mill. Chelsea's not getting relegated. Don't do not. Not yet. Do not patronize me. Do not patronize not me. Not yet. Hey, hey, you're gonna, be, you're gonna be worse. Your team could have already been relegated and have been just hanging out, not really doing anything, doing anything hey, in the we'll championship see, for years. We'll see QPR on the championship next season. Getting back to the Blackhawks, though, it's just I. I don't. I really don't know how much more. Like, often to see you, fine. There's one. I, I. But they're also like you need two to tango. And so if somebody did not want to trade for him because maybe he wasn't that great, uh, what what do you want him to do? Like I. They traded to break it. They traded Doc. They traded McCabe and Lafferty. And they traded away so like so many pieces. And by the end of the season, I would have needed a full a chart with names and numbers to know who half the fucking players on the team were. Maybe it's the coach's fault. It, no. <laughs> It's also, I, I mean, it's insane. Khrushchev got hurt at the end of the year. Radish got hurt at the end of the year. Cole like, Gutman got hurt. Cole Gutman. God. They sent Reichel to Rockford yeah. uh, to help them make the playoff. Like, I, I mean, they they really tried Cole to just. Cole Gutman. Yeah, totally flat out turf it at the end. And it just did. I mean, it, it, it didn't happen. There's a couple points here and there, you know, loser points that they picked up or last second, you know, tying goals that they got. And I mean, that's what it all came down to at the end. And Anaheim was just so, so bad. Well, even Columbus put up a fight at the end. Anaheim just, just They lost like the last 13, I think, to end the season. In the Penguins defense, in the Penguins defense, South Hills Country Club is a beautiful golf course this time of year, okay? (laughs) So, okay. Um, But I mean, like, and like the Hawks, they lost in, in November and December. They lost 21 of 23. That's over a quarter of the season, and they won <laughs> two so goddamn fucking bad. games. And, and they couldn't keep it going? No, because— and, But that's that's with Kane and Taves yes. and Lafferty and McCabe. That's, that's and when they were going and better. <laughs> they all got on, like, antidepressants after that shit. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't— I, you, there is an element of luck at the top of the NHL standings, and there's also an element of luck involved at the bottom of the standings. Okay, and, but seriously, twenty-one out of twenty-three is so goddamn bad. Yeah, and and it still wasn't bad enough. Like that's it's it's entire like that. You that's have what, to expect market correction after that. And they did. They won five of six. Right. And that that's like. I just I, I don't know how much worse the Hawks could have been this season. I really them don't. beating Boston was the highlight of the year, though, or the low light, depending on how you look at it. No, fuck Boston. <laughs> well, I don't know. Ask Shea if uh, they think it's a, a highlight that the Hawks beat the Bruins. It is not. They didn't need that. See, See Mill? Shea, I told you. Well, Shea's, Shea's Schadenfreude. Shea doesn't have the Schadenfreude that I do for the Bruins. Okay. Well, that's fair. Look, twenty nineteen, unforgivable. No, you are correct. So, um, with all that now uh, behind us, like it, the, it is what it is. The Hawks are no, number three in the draft lottery odds. Fingers crossed that uh, Bettman rigs it for the Hawks. You know, like I, I said, I think I wrote at our website a week, like a week before the season ended. I, part of me 
feels like the Hawks don't even deserve to get number one. However, if they get the number one pick, I will absolutely not give a shit at all about honor or anything. I will just laugh because I think the entire hockey world will be furious that the Blackhawks would get Connor Bedard, and that would be funny to me. So I'll just be laughing the whole way to well, the two teams in front of the Hawks are Columbus and the Ducks, right? Yeah. 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 So Rick Nash and Paul Correa. Give me a fucking break. I mean, Paul Correa was good, but like Well, Columbus traded lost. for the pick. They they didn't they've never had the first pick. They've no, never no, won I get the first I pick. get that, but oh. I'm just saying like try to build around a star in those markets is tough. Yeah. Um Ryan gets laughed too. So, but anyway, well, that, they already had won a cup, right? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, and I've got a cup early on rookie yeah. year. Yeah, 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 like Corey Perry's rookie or like very early in Corey Perry's. Career. I rooted for them to win that cup only because I love Timo Solani. Fair, fair enough. Um, Shagir too. Shagir was a good story. Yeah. Yo, yeah, Jazz Shagir. Uh, Con, he's the last guy to win the Con Smythe on the losing team in '03. Yeah. I'm big Jazz so, Figueroa guy too. Sorry, I, go ahead. I can tell. So this this is the question I have for all of you, and I'm going to start with Shay, and I imagine there will be a, a brief follow up to the answer to the question. But how the it's a very general take it whatever direction you would like to take it. How do you feel right now about the beginning of this next chapter? And what uh, whatever it's going to be for the Blackhawks, what is your current mood or emotion or vibe or whatever? They don't have enough firepower. Um, well, yeah, I. I it's that it's like, so. Like, so define what you mean by chapter, because they they're not going to be good anytime soon. They're going to be younger. No, just like like because we just closed the sixteen year chapter. So say the next sixteen year chapter, like big big picture, zoom out all the way. How, uh, how oh god um <laughs> um well how, how good of a drafter do we think Kyle Davidson is well that's that's uh, that's all part of the answer Shay I mean he's a pretty looking at how Korchinski has turned out he's done a pretty good job with, with the first with his first picks um last year so, uh, so there's I, that. I don't want to put words in your mouth and I, maybe optimistic might be too far of a word, but not maybe not discouraged would be a, a decent place to say 16 years, 16 years is a long time. I, I'm not, I'm not holding you to that number. Shay. It's just, it's more just now that, you know, the last book is closed. This new book is opening. How do, how do you feel about this new book opening? Are you excited? Are you terrified? <laughs> I think you're asking the wrong person because I'm no longer a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Okay. All right. Well, then let's let's ask Mill. Mill, how you feel about it? The way I feel is that I'm optimistic if the Blackhawks are ahead of the curve. And what I mean by that is we know that they're not going to be good in the next one, two, possibly three years, correct? Well, doesn't seem that way. Definitely okay. not. Yeah. Just doesn't right. seem that way. I'll I'll leave so, it at that. So I'm going to use um, my bias based on past experience. In 2005, 2006, the Blackhawks really put together a team and that a lot of us. Now, granted, I was I was pretty young, but I was excited about. I have a 53 Hobby Bullinger to hang up in the closet. Um, 
who won the cup uh, before the lockout year. However, the Blackhawks built a team for the old league, and they changed the rules, the two-line pass, et cetera, the shootout, and they got smoked. So when they built that, you know, 2010 cup team, et cetera, they were faster. They were a possession team. Uh, they didn't need to have a good power play because Q knew they were going to win five on five. They were ahead of the curve there. So I'm looking at Korchinski. I'm looking at Reichel. I'm looking at, you know, the possibilities here. What's the next kind of era look like? Because they're not going to compete with these teams right now. So I'm optimistic in the fact that if this GM knows what's going on or is lucky enough, maybe they can compete and build something. But I'm not saying like I'm comfortable or I'm betting on them. I'm just saying there's a chance that they might catch the wave. Which I think that being in that position is probably better than you felt about the team two or three years ago when the old GM was still in charge. Absolutely. But that was, I'm not going to lie. While, while the team and the GM was a big part of it, my uh, shit colored glasses were colored by the coach. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, Eric, what about you? We were saying like the next book, the next chapter. And I think like right now there isn't one. So it's, it's kind yeah. of hard to, there's nothing right now. It's absolutely nothing. And really it comes down to where they end up selecting. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, there's, there's two different roads here. Connor Bedard. That's it. That's the home run that changes everything. And that really opens them up to like the huge free agent class that's coming next summer. Mm-hmm. That that legitimizes them in a way, and they get to cut ahead two or three years. If mm-hmm. it's Mitchkov, if it's Leo Carlson, if it's Will Smith or whoever, if they end up at five, that's like you're back in the hinterlands, man. Like there's <laughs> nothing. Yeah, there is nothing. Maybe you get Korchinski next year. You know, you get a full season of Reichel, but there's nobody else that's coming immediately that's offering any type of help or even entertainment value, and you know, tanking or not, you're still, you're going to be a lottery team for at least the next couple of years. And you got to hope that you hit big on, you know, a couple of those guys. Mm-hmm. So there's just, it's the giant question mark that's kind of hanging in the middle there, you know, Mario brothers style. And you don't know <laughs> what's going to be in the brick. Cause so uh, much of it hinges I, on. I, I, yeah, cause you, you could easily, very easily be the next Anaheim ducks where they have like this very good young team that seems to be entertaining, but they can't win shit. Yeah. Well, they, I well, go ahead, Mill. I was saying it almost feels uh, what Eric was describing. If you get the like fourth or fifth pick, it's kind of like Buffalo. Well, that that because that spins into how I was going to answer the question. I'm terrified that the next decade's going to suck. Like I I have a um, I part of it is because of what we talked about in the first segment that like all these stars aligned in perfect order and everything went right for the Blackhawks and uh. They won three cups and all that. Uh, the the odds of that happening again to the same city and to the same team feels incredibly slim. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm terrified that it's like uh, that, e- like, even if they end up with. Like, even if you get Bedard and fan or, or Bedard or Fantilli at the top of the draft this summer, that the pieces around them will not be good enough to amount to anything that they're not going to be able to draft and develop enough talent uh, to fill out the second and third lines to be anything more than a middling franchise. Uh, if, you know, 
so so that and and part of the reason I'm terrified is because I'm not like it still feels like there's kind of like I know Kyle Davidson is not Stan Bowman, but he did study under Stan Bowman for a very long time. And he was so and there's like other people that are back in the organization underneath him that were around for Bowman. So uh, like I'm not dooming him to be fired in two years, but there's there's just a small part of me that is worried that all the mistakes of the back half of the 2010s are going to be repeated without having three cups at the start of it. Can I just offer you a counter argument? Sure. I'm not terribly uh, convinced in, in Davidson by any means. However, the fact that he wants to get the uh, the the guys who are around for the past generation out the fucking door tells me that he may not want to do anything the way Bowman did it. That's fair. Yeah, the fact that he has the you know had the guts to basically politely kick Taves and Kane out the door like that 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 means something. That is a good sign. So you you are correct there. Like and, just, and Korchinski. Uh, developing him and drafting him, trading yeah. for that pick, that that says a little bit to me because of the yeah. defenseman situation. Yeah, it's just it's more just like the guys like all the uh, all the mid tier guys that popped off when the Blackhawks were good. That like those are the guys the Blackhawks need a lot more of, and those are the ones that I'm concerned you're not going to have. Like, well, that happens when you have the Bedard and the Reichel. Yeah, you know well, for sure. But I mean, just just any like. All of your your Bolins, your Lads, your Versteegs, your Jalmersons. Like there, there's so many. There's so many guys that won't go in the Hall of Fame, but that had huge roles. Your Corey Crawfords. Like those are the guys I'm worried that because of the overlap between the prior regime and the and this current regime, that's my concern. And also just the elements of luck will not be on their side this time around. That it felt like it was. Well, the last. Dave, I'll tell you this though. I think there's been a lot of guys. Hamp, uh, Hagel, that have come through that would have been great on those teams. Yeah. So if they can continue to draft those kind of guys, it's just kind of like you said earlier, they need the top-end talent. We can't just have mid-tier draft picks. Yeah. Well, I I think, uh, you know, we, we will we will find out a lot about where this team is going in three weeks. Yeah, because you you really do need generational players in, and you need multiple. Because look at look Edmonton, where they still haven't been able to win anything with Connor McDavid and yeah. the title. Yeah, I mean, you know. So I, if you get like again, if you get if you get pick five in a four player draft, then yeah, I think too. Like to to Shay's point, like Edmonton has two of the best players in the league, and they've had some okay other players. They need coaching, like a lot of times too, like the Hawks. Look, say what you want about Q with the whole thing that went down, but like in that era, Q had his shit together and they were a good fucking well coached team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, need the whole thing. I mean, I mean, just, just like start with the basic fountain. Like even before you get to the coach, just start with like Taves, Kane, and Keith. Those are like the three, the three probably biggest names uh, of the era. And I don't see heir appearance to any of those three in the organization right now. Kevin, and I don't get me wrong. I'm, Big Kevin Korchinski fan. Think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch, uh, we'll, and we'll see where his development goes. But he's like the level that Duncan Keith reached is like. Well, Keith know. is an anomaly. He's Niedermeyer sure. on fucking drugs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like like I know, but does... but that's like that's what it. That's what you need. Guys like that to win Stanley Cups. Like oh, I'm I'm with so, you 100. So that's and like you know like Lucas Reichel is, seems like he's going to be a very nice player, but 
he's not quite like in the Patrick Kane tier yet. Uh, I, I don't think that's a ceiling at all. I think with Keith, because Keith was what a second round pick in oh, I think three, so. yeah, go four maybe. Keith uh, was kind of unexpectedly good, right? He had the conditioning. He was a great defensive defenseman. He could score when he needed to. Fine, but that's kind of out of like those. That Keith is kind of one of those guys too, where you're like, oh. Like, we knew he would be good, but, like, we didn't know he'd be maybe the most important player of that era. Because <laughs> yeah. argue, he arguably, depending on your perspective, he arguably is. Yeah, and, and you have to, you know, somebody, you know, Detroit landed, uh, does Datsuk and Zetterberg, I think, were fourth and fifth or fifth and sixth round picks. And, like, they're both Hall of Fame players, probably. So Fixed. Yeah, so so just like you, you have to you have to find these guys somewhere, and and you know, so I mean, maybe there's someone in this organization right now that's gonna have a Hall of Fame career, and we just don't know it. But um, hopefully, we look back on the trade that acquired the pick and look back with big smiles. Yeah, yeah. Watch Reese Johnson be the next Tage Thompson. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Too far. Um, I know. <laughs> I'm that sure he's not I'm here, sure he's a I, nice I, guy. I know Betsy's not here, but I think Shay just set Betsy's ears on fire. <laughs> I just, well, oh. uh, no, no, yeah. Oh. Ignore, ignore any sounds you hear. I, 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 well, I didn't want to ruin it because I'm, I'm watching, scoring. I'm watching Vegas on TV. So my feed might be slightly ahead of yours, but I know Kyle Connor just scored. So we're, we're going to, we're going to break away from the hockey discussion. We're going to, in future, God. Week, in future weeks, we're going to do some podcasts. Uh, of course, we're going to do some podcasts. We're going to do some recaps of the season, talk more about specific players and stuff like that. But I was uh, I was feeling more of the nostalgic big picture stuff right here before we get into more of the, the nitty gritty details of uh, talking about like the three or four players from last season's team who are going to matter in the long run. And even that number feels high. Um but we do want to get to our food take as uh, to claim our mantle as the best food themed hockey podcast on the Internet. Before we get Eric has the topic for us today. But before we do that, um, our uh, southern correspondent, one of them is not around today because Betsy's not available. So, Shay, uh, I don't know if you saw this news, but Bojangles is coming to the Chicagoland area. And I don't know if Bojangles is in Texas, is it? Mm hmm. It's more southeast no. than than uh, straight south. Yes. So Although Texas, uh, Texas doesn't consider itself the south. Yeah, Texas just considers itself Texas, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I guess we'll have to uh, get some more Bojangles opinions. I know we've talked about Bojangles before on this podcast. I have uh, Mill or well, Shay. Have any of you three had Bojangles before? Nope. <laughs> I have not. Uh, I have not either. Yeah, I've been in the South a couple times in the last few years, and it's kind of been like a running joke in our family um, that, you know, we should, uh, we'll just go to Bojangles for dinner. But yeah, we haven't actually tried it yet. Yeah, I, I had it in North Carolina a few years ago, and it was, it was fine. It's one of those, it's one of those chain places that uh, when you're, when it's not around your area, you, you might go out of your way for it. But I think if you live there, you would think it's just like McDonald's or whatever. It's, it's fine. I'm sure it'll. Be, I'm sure the lines will be stupidly long for the first month, so you'll need to wait a while before I, you go. I feel like if it's like we're talking about a restaurant that's legitimately fast food, it's kind of just like if you like it, you do. If you don't, you don't. It's fast food. 
That's a great segue into my uh, hockey take here. I was Let's or go. food take. Uh, reverse elimination drafts. Top okay. twenty, top twenty grossing fast food chains. And I was going to just do America, but we'll do North America because Tim Hortons is on there. So I'll send it out to everybody via Slack. Okay. I'll go through the list of twenty, and then we will eliminate them one by one until we have a champion. Okay. All right. All right. I'm I'm on board for this game. And get down with that. Yeah. Oh, it's not really a take; it's a game. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of more fun because I feel like our takes uh, sometimes they run their course. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, I, I think what we started the idea of having a food take every episode is we. I don't think we we bit off more than we could chew, as some might okay. say. Okay. Yes. I'm gonna. I, <laughs> I, I just I need something to take take my the my, my mind off the fact that the goddamn Jets just scored two goals back to back. The goddamn um, Jets. I tried to tell everybody that the Jets were okay. They weren't terrible. Um, they are look, terrible. They were horrible give, for like the it, middle part of the season. Give, give Anyways, they're literally just kind of hell of luck. Before we start the game, though, I just want to throw this out there. I haven't eaten meat in a very long time, but I've probably had it at most of these places. So I'm just going to rate them on my end based on my former experience. So, so is are we just going to do this in order? Just everybody gets rid of one at a time. Yeah. Eric? So I figure proximity to Chicago. Um, so I don't know who's closer between you and Mill. I, I'm closer than Mill. I think Dave's slightly closer, but I'm, I, but I I also drive like a son of a bitch. So <laughs> I uh, as do I. Uh, Eric, I, I assume I, you, I assume you're closer than 17 hours away. Uh, yes, I am three I, blocks away from. The I will border say this: I used to because I was. Uh, uh, heavily, I, I was a Clark Street sports employee for a long time. I worked in Chicago frequently. No, no I, I work in real estate, so I have to drive to Chicago a bunch. I am familiar with the Bishop Ford Grand Prix, which is the most terrifying car race in the city. Hey, are, good, we, doing, are I, we doing a I, vertical draft or are we just doing snake draft? We'll do snake draft. Okay. Uh, okay, hot corner. So hot corner. We, we hot eliminate corner. one at a time. I figure some takes shall reveal themselves in the process of doing this. Um, I was kind of surprised that some of the names that are on the list, should I read them all one through 20 quick before we start? Yeah, Yes, you should. All right. So McDonald's is one, and then this is descending. Subway, Starbucks, Burger King, KFC, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Dunkin', Krispy Kreme, Taco Bell, Dairy Queen, and Orange Julius. That's one together. Wendy's, Baskin-Robbins, Hardee's, Little Caesars, Tim Hortons, Carl's Jr., Popeye's, Arby's, and Sonic. Um, so I will go first and I will eliminate McDonald's. Uh, I'll go second. I'm going to eliminate KFC and get inferior chicken. Get rid of it. So mill, I, I mill, mean, mill, my next, um, shit. I'm going to, this sounds stupid. I'm going to eliminate Krispy Kreme because I've only had their donuts, not food. <laughs> donuts okay. are food. Right, I don't know but if they I mean, really like, do food. Do they do breakfast sandwiches or something? They do God, meals. I don't, God, I hope so. not. I, that's that's just. I like Krispy Kreme donuts. I do, but I just like if I'm going to go get a meal, I don't want a donut. Yeah. You never went to uh, like a Lansing Lug Nuts game and had a burger on a Krispy Kreme before. I uh, have actually had that. Oh, you have. Yeah, but uh, also working in Chicago too, I've had some weird donut sandwiches. It's a little too sweet for me. Yeah, no, no, no. If you, there's, there's, there's better ways to do the donuts than they do. So I'm, I'm with Mill on this. All right, this is me for two. 
Uh, let's take let's take out both Subway and Starbucks. Ooh, I have uh, Subway is overrated, and their sandwiches aren't that good. And I have really bad memories of working at Starbucks for a year when I was in grad school. I like it. Starbucks isn't even real coffee, and they're union busters. So get them out of here. All right. Their coffee is burnt. That's literally the point of it. It is that it is it is burnt. Uh, about ten feet away from me, though, I have a Nathan for you dumb Starbucks cup. <laughs> that is my brother. That's different. Dumb that's Starbucks is different than Starbucks. That's, that's the good with shit. That. Yeah, absolutely. That's the good shit right there. Uh, uh, back oh, to you, Mill. Okay. Um. Let's see here. Again, with the uh, meal idea, I'm going to take Baskin Robbins. Decent ice cream, but not a meal. Uh, I, I'm getting rid of Little Caesars. It's it's just... I actually like... I think their crazy bread and crazy sauce isn't is decent, but just the 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 abomination that they call pizza. And you know what? It, it's convenient. It was nice and convenient food when I was in college. And the the five dollar hot and ready was kind of a nice deal, but I'm slightly more grown up now, so I have slightly more money than being able to afford a five dollar Little Caesars hot and ready pizza. To Not gonna lie though, three days. I, I want to throw this out there: a six dollars Little Caesars Little Caesars pizza is competitive with a lot of fast food pizza these days. Also, uh, they uh, sponsor the Red Wing Stadium, so fuck them. Get them out of here. Well, I mean, yeah, Mike Illich owned them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Get them off my list. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, along those lines, I'm getting rid of Domino's. It's when I was a kid, I felt like it was okay. You know, Ninja Turtles, all that stuff. But my kids, every once in a while, they, they talked us into getting it not that long ago. And it's just disgusting. It's not even edible. It's terrible. Uh, get it out of here. I'm with you. We used to get Domino's when I worked at, uh, at the store, uh, when anybody on any team would throw a no hitter and Domino's kind of sucks. All right, so it's back to me. I'm gonna get rid of Hardee's just because it's just, just no, it's just too much. Like I've, I, I just something about their food. Like it's everything that you order there is five times more than the amount of food that you need. Hey, quick question: Isn't Hardee's and Carl's Jr. the same franchise? That's what I thought too, but they they're, have them listed separately. Bo- yeah, I'd like to know the logistics of that, but we won't get into that right now. Yeah. Well, uh, so on, only the only the locations east of the Mississippi River have been eliminated. The the locations west of the Mississippi River remain in contention. <laughs> okay. Okay. There you go. Well, is there okay? Wild, wild card. Is there something else we feel should be on there instead of Carl's Jr. If we just include that with Hardee's, that's not on the list. In a very similar uh, vein, would be Checkers. I think Chick Fil A might be bigger. I don't think Chick Fil A is that big. I think it's look. I'm I'm saying this, and I'm and while I don't agree with their stances on stuff outside of food, I'm gonna say it's strictly on food. I think Chick Fil A sucks. Okay, thank Chick-fil-A. God. Chick Fil A is horrible. They were twenty right. eighth, anyways. By the way, they're like an all around like not good. What's twenty yeah. one? Chipotle. Yeah, I think you could throw Chipotle in there. Okay. All right, so All right. we'll take out Carl's Jr. put in Chipotle instead. Take out Carl's Jr. Yeah. put in Chipotle. Uh, okay, and then uh, what was the what, Mill? What did you eliminate second? Uh, I'm, I'm keeping track. I had Krispy Kreme and Baskin Robbins out, and you also oh, okay. cr- you also need to cross off KFC, and then Mills up again. Oh, I'm up again. Yeah. 
I just, I did just, just uh, el- I just did you just eliminate the- KFC. I, I did that one earlier. Okay, I'm keeping a list. Um, too. Okay, I'm not really a hundred percent sure on this because it's a Zerk factor, but I'm going to eliminate Dairy Queen because the ch- ch- the chicken basket when I ate it was okay, but I don't feel like they have a lot of food options. Well, it's, I mean. It's called Dairy Queen. I don't think right. Like I want to go there for a blizzard, <laughs> not a not a sandwich. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, also, Orange Julius was better before they bought it. All right. I'm taking up. I'm taking up Pizza Hut because the crust is too sweet. Um, and then I am going to. Tim Hortons, America only. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Timbits, orange Timbits. For the win. Do you know that for Tim Hortons, their coffee used to be so good, and McDonald's tried to get in with the distributor, and Tim Hortons had an exclusivity deal, so McDonald's just bought the distribution company to own all the coffee, and so that's why Tim Hortons coffee got so bad. Or not as good as it used to be many, many years ago. That's how much McDonald's stinks. That's crazy. Wow. You, know, you know what's funny, though? If you've gone anywhere in like Ontario, there's a fucking Tim Hortons on every block. I drove between Toronto and Montreal and on the highway, they have like all the, we call them oasis in Illinois. I forget what they call them in Canada, but right, every right. single one, it's only Tim Hortons. That's it. That's yeah. all you can eat the entire time. Yeah. It's like, it's like how you'll go to an, o- in, an oasis and there's like Seven Eleven and fucking like a bunch of restaurants and a Starbucks. There are, uh, there are Tim Hortons all over Michigan. Just in, if you ever needed a fix. Yeah. They're not that far yeah. away from uh, from us here. All right, so who's up now? I That's think it's back, to, it's back to Mill. Oh no, I have to make <laughs> another decision. Uh, I mean, it should be easy. There's a very one of these things is not like the others. One of these things just doesn't belong. What's left? Burger King, Wendy's, and what? Burger, Burger King, Dunkin', Dunkin', Burger King, Dunkin', Taco Bell, Wendy's, Chipotle, Popeyes, Arby's, and Sonic. You know, give me Dunkin' out of there because I think Dunkin' sucks. Wow. Wow. To the core. Absolutely. No, absolutely right. If you want, if everything that Duncan makes, you can get at a mom and pop bakery donut type of place. Absolutely correct. I Um, live in walking distance to one and I haven't had it all and I don't like it. All right. I'm, I'm going to get rid of Sonic. Sonic is like the only reason it is, it has the reputation it does is because their commercials were kind of cute and funny for a while. And also it was a scarcity thing because they weren't as prevalent. But now that they're becoming more prevalent, the novelty's gone. It's not good. It's yeah, not we have one in else. fucking Crown Point on get, Broadway. Get rid of it. Okay, yeah. Move along. All right. I'm going back to back with both mine. And this is, let's we're do up, it. Chip- Chipotle Ant. And Final Taco Bell here. are both gone. Oh, Taco Bell. The Taco Bell takeout is a, that's offensive. <laughs> well, listen, yeah, I'm sorry. That's... I live in Chicago. There's real Mexican food all over the place. I uh, live in Texas. <laughs> yeah, they have where there's the real Mexican food Texas. all over the place. Yeah, exactly. But but talk, on this list though, I think Taco Bell kicks ass compared to a lot of it. Oh yeah, Taco Bell's one of the best on this list. Um, and Not I, again, that, like I like one of the very few, very, very few positives of living in Texas is the, is, is the food. So down to the final four, we've got Burger King, Popeyes, Arby's and Wendy's. Mm-hmm. 
How the hell is that the final four? (laughs) Well, no. uh, Well, I'm going to fix one of these mistakes. Arby's does not belong on this list. Hashtag eat Arby's. Get get rid. Yeah. The only good thing about Arby's is Brendan Kelly making fun of it. Get rid of it. Disappointing. That's one of the few ones I'd actually eat, actually. But I guess that's just me. All right. So I'm we're on, now to Popeye's. My well, I will drink a Jamocha to shake. I, I will say that. We're down to Burger King, Popeye's, and, and uh, Wendy's. And Wendy's. And so so Mill, Mill gets to cut it down to two, and then Shay, you're picking the winner. Yep. So it's, no it's, pressure. it's Burger King, Popeye's, and Wendy's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one's got to go. Here's the thing. I know what Shay's going to pick after I pick this, so I'm going to lose anyways. I'm just going to take out Wendy's because I can't eat anything there. (laughs) I used to have a salad bar. I was not not expecting this winner, but Popeye's is the winner because Burger King is trash. You know what? Horrible fries. And like, yeah, honestly, out of that list of 20, the fact that we ended up on Popeye's, I'm very proud of this group. That, I, that, I, was, I, that was my initial a, thought as well. Yeah. That's I do want to say this. If Popeye's, if I start eating meat again, I will definitely go to Popeye's. I'll be very excited. And then they'll fuck up my order and I'll still eat it anyways. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't care what it is. As long as you, whatever is in that bag is somewhat close to the amount of money I paid. I don't really give a shit what it is. Cause it's probably going to be good. But it makes me think of little Nikki also. <laughs> as long as I have as long as I have a biscuit, I'm good. Uh, absolutely. Popeye's chicken is fucking awesome. Uh no, I'm absolutely the Popeye's biscuit is uh, essential to the experience. Their chicken strips too are <laughs> super, super underrated. The chicken sandwich, oh, I still think oh, it, like Cajun fries, the the barbecue. More, but, I'm yeah. I'm upset they got rid of the Cajun rice. I loved the Cajun rice. Dave, you'll know there's a Popeye's across from the mall. In Maryville, yeah. uh-huh. when I when I work when my store was there, there was like a utility guy who would come once every like three to six months to fix shit, and he was so excited he would buy a dozen biscuits only and I'm, bring them to the store. Yeah, yeah, and that guy that's the smartest man in Northwest Indiana. And I was like, oh, find you, find you, him and learn his ways. I also drove through Popeyes with him multiple times in a Penske truck. Yeah, as you should have. Yeah, no, <laughs> pop. Yeah, I'm again. This is this is one of the proudest moments I've ever had of this of this podcast and everything we've done. <laughs> that Popeyes is where we ended up on this list. It kicks ass if they get it. The problem is they get your order right too wrong. That's too part of times. the experience. It, it correct, is correct. It is entirely built into the experience. Just like the part of the experience of going to Waffle House is you may see a fight. It's just part of the um, ambiance. I want to say I had a client come in the other day who had a hunting camouflage baseball cap that was Waffle House on the front with like the letters and the yellow squares. Absolutely. Yeah, just exactly exactly right. Um, Excellent. Well, okay, there was I, a really good band from Michigan that I saw a bunch of times. It was called Waffle House. So that's my Waffle House contribution. I cannot believe that they got away with that. Really? Yeah, and then that, but that was like in the era when everything, all punk bands stole like corporate logos. And oh, okay, the, o- the only thing I really know, there was a band from Chicago called Hot Stove Jimmy that was a ska band, and they did a cover of Sweet Caroline on a live CD. And I think Neil Diamond sued them for a million dollars. Oh my god, because <laughs> they have a million dollars and Neil Diamond well, doesn't. He was trying to like make a point and set a precedent so that nobody else ever tried to do that. But nobody- I, I. 
it was some astronomical amount of money. Obviously, nothing happened because of it, but yeah, I, I yeah. will always remember that. No, nobody else would cover this the abomination that Neil Diamond left. Well, I should. Sweet Caroline's a fine a fine song. It's just we we've ruined it as a, as a country, mainly mainly as a, a a people, and by that I mean us white people. We have ruined Sweet Caroline. Well, we play it everywhere, all the you, time, everywhere, and I'm sick of it. I don't need you to hear it, it anymore. Chris Vosters was trying to make that the nickname of Jujar Kara's line. I remember hearing that at some point, and I remember being very disappointed. It is badass when Pitt plays it, but they change the words around, so... No, no, it's it's just we need to we need to leave it behind. The song's like 50, 60 years old at this point. No, well, okay, but but Dave, Pitt's Pitt's been doing that a long time. It's like been a thing. Good, good for them. Pick a new one. (laughs) I mean, we did it when... (laughs) When Charlie Weiss came out and said 500 isn't good enough, they beat Notre Dame on national okay, okay. on my Mel, birthday. No, we don't need mm-hmm. to bring we don't we don't need to bring other disappointing sports hey, teams into this. Hey, hey, I'm gonna go there. I'm I'll, I'm just gonna end on, I'm just gonna end on the uh, the anti sweet Caroline rant because you know no let's go back well, once again let's re let's end on a positive note that we had that list of 20 fast food places and Popeyes. we ended up on Popeyes Popeyes chicken. That's, uh, that's a job well out. done, everybody. Yeah, Popeyes. Shout out Farside. Yeah, and and uh, I don't know if you guys can see, but standing behind me is the mission accomplished sign. So, well, well done, everybody involved. But that's gonna do it for this very long episode of Musings on Madison. If you made it all the way to the end, we thank you very much. Uh, keep an eye at secondcityhockey.com. Uh, we're gonna start doing some player. Uh, specific recaps from the last season. We got uh, some more prospect stuff to wrap up. Uh, so we'll, we'll keep churning out content as the season goes and then start getting some ideas of what we're going to do with uh, the draft and the draft lottery and all that other fun stuff. So uh, keep an eye on the website and the Twitter account and all that. We'll, uh, we'll keep updating as the off season continues and uh, we'll be back next week, but uh, I'm on Twitter at DML 57 mill is at mill 182 shepherd is at Jehosa's witness and Eric's not on Twitter, neither is Bessie, but they're both at secondcityhockey.com, somewhere in the comments, probably posting weird gifts now that we have them again. So uh, thank you to all three of you for hanging out this evening. Thanks to everyone that listened, and we'll talk to you next week.